Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hello, everybody. Know you're getting ready for the weekend. It is Friday, February 14th. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day out there. Hope you took care of business there so you don't get yourself in trouble. Hope you have a great weekend. Welcome to Pac-12 Football and Beyond. Got much to talk about. Been a busy week in around college football. Been busy out in the Pac-12. We're going to get to that all for you today. And we're going to wrap up our um, segment that we've done all week, breaking down the recruiting classes for each and every school in the Pac-12. We have done that now that we've kind of put it to bed. Uh, We're going to get that for you and finish them up today as we've done each and every conference. Now, we talked a little bit about the Pac-12 conference uh, classes last week uh, with signing day being last Wednesday. but Had a little time for it to settle and marinate and get a chance to really look it over a little bit. So we're going to go in a little more detail. This podcast, as well as every podcast Monday through Friday, part of the Big Three Roll-Up family, part of Landry Football's conference call, is brought to you by 401k Generation. Yes, they are the financial professionals, leaders in money management, investment and queries, uh, whether it's 401k, IRAs, Just meeting your financial goals, whatever your needs are, they can help you with that. So check them out today. Make sure that you tell them that you sent us, that we sent you, that we sent you to them. They'll take good care of you. I need a lot of caring right now. You know, sometimes we get caught up in our world of checking this and that. Make sure you get your financial checkup. You may have somebody that you're like, we're not trying to push you into somebody that you don't know and you're not not comfortable with. Get to know these folks. They can give you some advice, lead you in the right direction. Get yourself a second opinion. Uh, If you don't have somebody, maybe it's a connection that maybe these are the folks that can help you. Whatever the case, give them a call. No commitment necessary. Call or text at 1-866-998-5879. A reminder again to get this podcast, as well as our pro football podcast every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, to get our college podcast every day, 
You can sign up for Landry Football's Conference Call. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check them out today. Um, Reminder about LandryFootball.com. It's where you want to go to get the detailed inside information, film room analysis on all things college football, all things NFL, daily notebooks. What's going on in NFL free agency? League year's coming up soon. What's going up in 2021, even in 2022 recruiting in college football? We got that for you. Still got some coaching news we're going to get to today. Got a lot of details, some of the minutia there for you uh, in there, uh, as well as getting ready for spring practice. It's a little ways yet, but what's going on in off-season workouts and whatnot? What's going on with draft preparations? Um We've got all that for you in a lot more detail that we can get to each and every day here. But we're going to touch on some things. Um, but go to LandryFootball.com for the best detailed film room analysis, inside football information you can find anywhere. It's our scouting season sale, our scouting season offer. Go to it right on the front page. Less than $5 a month. Are you kidding me? I don't know what I'm doing with that offer, but it's a good way to get you involved. It gets you all of this information that's so pivotal in this offseason. Recruiting, the draft, free agency. Get you ready for the football season with all the breakdowns and previews over the summer. Uh, Scouting reports on uh, high school prospects over the summer. We're going to have that for you. Then getting ready for the football season. All the football season game game breakdowns all through the season, all the way through next year at this time. Take advantage of it today. All right. So the biggest news really around college football this week has been the, I don't call it controversial, but since other people are, I've got to recognize it as such, controversial move of Mel Tucker leaving Colorado for Michigan State. And... The whole hullabaloo of, well, he said he wasn't going. And he backed out on it. He's a bad guy. And what's this? Look, folks, um, this is a perfect time to have a conversation of where college football is, the haves and the have-nots, the big gap between programs and conferences that make a lot of money versus the ones that do not. And put it in perspective and understand who's who and where they are. Colorado's an outstanding job. It's a good place. Love the stadium. Like the people. The Pac-12, the money revenue at Colorado under the Pac-12 is not what it is, not even close to what it is in the Big Ten or the SEC. Mel Tucker is from the Cleveland area. Goes back a long ways. Was a GA for Michigan State at uh, in '90, <clears throat> when Nick was the defense coordinator. Um, you know, it, it's one of those deals where if you got a chance to get more years on a contract and more than double your salary, and you go from say two and a half to five point five, who's going to turn that down? I don't know whether Mel Tucker is going to have success at Michigan State or not. I think he's a good recruiter. I don't know that he's going to have all that much success. But by the time they figure it out, he's 
going to have deposited a whole lot of money. So what's the issue? What's the problem? Look, I get it. You come out and say you're not going, and then you come back. It looks bad. I understand that. I understand it completely. But here's the thing, folks. There's a no-win situation. Here's the reality of what happened. Mel was always interested in the Michigan State job. Michigan State wasn't that interested in him. Michigan State had interests, well, in Matt Campbell, who was not interested. Uh, that interest in Pat Narduzzi, not interested. The problem they have is their athletic director. The interim AD that's really more like the AD that likely going to be the guy's the permanent guy, but is he the permanent guy? Are they going to make a move? I, you know, I don't know. He can tell you he's not a very impressive individual, at least according to the folks that have had come in contact with him. It's an issue they're having to deal with. Well, Luke Fickle, their number one choice, or their choice, the guy that they decided they were going to offer the job to and did offer the job to, thought the better of it and said, no, not the right situation at the right time. I'll pass. So, Michigan State, who basically told Mel Tucker, or Mel Tucker figured out, this happens in the coaching search world. I'm involved in this on a regular basis. Mel Tucker was basically allowed to take his name out of the Michigan State job so that to save face. In essence, if you're Mel Tucker and somebody asks you, you interview for the Michigan State job or are you interested in the job? Well, if you tell the truth, yeah, I'd like to have the job, well, then what does that do for your situation at Colorado? I mean, you can't be honest. I I equate that to if your wife asks you, do I look fat in this dress? If she does, is it smart to tell her? If you like sleeping on the couch, I mean, what do you do? Say the truth, which is, of course, I'd like the Michigan State job. Their budget's more than twice what we have. It's a better job. It's more money. Yes, I'd like to have it. That's the truth. You can't say that. You get ripped for saying that. So maybe you don't say anything publicly in the media. Behind the scenes, maybe you couch your words. You get asked that question by recruits and their families. Are you going to be there? I I have every intention of being there. My name comes up, and certainly you take them as they come. But I, I want to be here. I'm committed here. It's a great place. Look, whether I'm here, I, I can't guarantee anything. We're, we're off to a good start, yada, yada, yada. You, you got to you, – you can't be so honest as to cut your throat. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. So, you know, was he dishonest? Yeah. In a world where you have to be, you have to tell the white lies, so to speak. You know, the timing's not good because the timing of Mark D'Antonio leaving's not good. 
it's not a great situation timing-wise. But are you not going to take the job and, and not going to double your salary? Of course you are. Everyone would do it. Get over yourself if you think that is, oh, my goodness. What, what, cannot believe this. Oh, wow. Ridiculous, folks. Utterly ridiculous. Nonsense. Jump to over $3 million more. I mean, he's going to make $3 million. He wasn't making $3 million at Colorado. And he's making $3 million more than that. How do you turn that down? Plus a much larger budget for staff. Look, it's tough for Colorado. I get it. It does provide a jump-off point of where we are in the Pac-12. You've heard me discuss it. The financial wherewithal in this league is not what it is at the major conference level. The Big 12 is not a big money maker, but Texas can makes a lot makes a lot of money as Oklahoma does. The Pac-12 schools don't make that much money from television revenue. Now, there's a couple reasons for it. I've been critical of Larry Scott, but it's bigger than that. I mean, it's a chicken egg thing, isn't it? The popularity of the sport is not that big out in the West Coast. Oh, you hear this a lot. You you think Pac-12, you think California. But there's Arizona, there's Colorado, there's Utah, there's Oregon, there's Washington. But uh, there is a lot to do out West. There's a lot to do in California. There's a lot of pro sports interests. And the whole collegiate feel is not the same. You've got a lot more sports that they involve themselves in at the university level, 30-plus sports, whereas you know, SEC averages about 18 sports. A lot more miles to feed, scholarship, travel, etc., and a lot less money to do it with. Facilities are not nearly as good. The amount of guys on the staff not nearly as good as the SEC and the Big Ten. So the rich get richer. And the Pac-12, while look, has some good programs and some good teams, as a whole, they don't look like SEC schools. When you get an additional $55, 60000000 million check on which to improve facilities, improve staff, put a lot of infrastructure into your program, there's a huge difference. And Colorado right now is, you know, at best middle of the pack, a little bit below middle of the pack in the Pac-12. In a conference where the top of the Pac-12 is not that good. You've heard me say it. USC has three to five people that work in their recruiting office where there's 25 out of Georgia, 25 out of LSU, 25 to 30 alone at Alabama. And I'm talking people that work on the digital side and the social media graphics and what do you call those things, gifts and memes and stuff. All that stuff that's so imperative to keep in constant contact with today's young student athlete. 
takes a lot of people, which takes a lot of money. And they got them in the SEC. And they got them in the Big Ten. They don't got them in the Pac-12. And that's something they've got to look at from a football standpoint. How to, A, increase overall revenue within the league. To increase TV deals. To find a better solution with the Pac-12 network. Or create exposure. Create more revenue. Put more emphasis on the football initiative. And with more success will become better recruiting and more success. More success leads to more eyeballs. More eyeballs leads to more money. And that's where you go. Are they so far behind that they'll never catch up with the SEC Big Ten? Maybe not, but I still believe that a program like a USC, a program like an Oregon, a program like a Washington is certainly capable of having a really good team that's capable of making the playoffs and who knows beyond. They weren't that... If you look at the fact that there were three teams that were playoff caliber this past year, there was lacking a fourth team. Can we really say that Oregon was that much far off than Oklahoma? I mean, you can debate that, and you can debate it either way. But they no, they weren't far, far off. They were in the same caliber. But that's not good enough, and it needs to be improved. Eric Bieniemy is going to visit with his alma mater. I don't think Eric Bieniemy is going to go to Colorado. And my advice would be to not go to Colorado. Look, I know it's his alma mater. He's the offense coordinator to Kansas City Chiefs. He's going to make as much money right there as you will with Colorado. He is a head coaching waiting in the NFL. He goes to Colorado. He is going to be dealing with average resources and the chance of him winning is not going to be very good. He's not going to have that type of impact. And his the shine is going to be completely dulled off the, the glow and the luster of his career before it ever gets going. Why would you give up? And, and it is a very fickle industry, I can tell you. Because trying to convince some people that are, really, that, in, that are in the hiring process that a certain candidate is really good and don't overreact to, I don't know, a bad couple of years, it sometimes can be a chore now. I'm just telling you. People are short-sighted. They really are. Eric Bieniemy goes to Colorado on his alma mater. He probably can stay there for a few years. Are you going to want to stay there when people, I mean, Michigan State can pay really more than double what you're making, on the surface, people who just look at history of Colorado and Michigan State, not that much different. Michigan State's not, we're not talking Ohio State, we're not talking Michigan. But they're twice as good financially. What does that tell you? They're, you're going to go into the Pac-12? You're really going to make noise at Colorado? You're going to win big. You're going to win big. You're going to be looking to move to try to get back into the situation where you are right now on the verge of getting a, an NFL job. You go to Colorado, 
you're going to die career-wise at Colorado. Be a mistake to take that job, even though it's is his alma mater. Darren Cheverini is the interim head coach. We'll see where they go. Look, Mike McIntyre did a good job at Colorado. Was national coach of the year. Then got fired. I think there are high expectations. There should be. But listen, financially, they just don't match up with a big-time program. Former Oregon four-star athlete in the 2021 recruiting clan, Anthony Beavers, Jr., is open his recruiting. Six seat, 195. He committed to Oregon last April. But he has reconsidered his options. Now that USC has hired ace recruiter Dante Williams, more on that later, out from under Oregon earlier this week, the highly touted Southern California prospect could follow Williams to USC. We'll see. Beavers Jr. is one of the top 150 players in the 2021 class. Um, 15 Beth in the state of California. Oregon has come in and dominated USC in California in the market the past couple of years. USC is late to the party in recruiting. They've always been an historically late commitment program, and that's what's killed them along with other things and why they've fallen so far behind. They've got to fix that. No question have to fix that. That's a really good hire. We're going to get more into what Dante Williams could mean from a recruiting standpoint. They've got to do two things at Southern Cal this year. They've got to go through this football season, probably win the South, and, you know, maybe, you know, win like nine or ten games. And while doing so, their commitment class is going to have to be a lot better for 2021. They're going to have to show success on the field and look – We've made, with the hire of Dante Williams and a couple of other guys, we're a better recruiting operation. And look at it. Look at who we've got committed. Look at – so by December, they putting together a nice run, maybe win the conference or in the conference championship game, going to a nice bowl game, and getting ready to strike on a December signing day where all things are looking completely different. Anything short of that combination, there's no way Clay Helton survives. want to get into a couple of nuggets, and I'll do this between now and the draft. Um, just pick out different nuggets of players. Again, you're going to get complete scouting reports on all these players on LandryFootball.com. want to provide some nuggets for you here and there. Um, UCLA, big defensive tackle, Devin Asasi, 6'3", he's up to 270. He was at the senior, uh, the uh, bowl game. Wasn't used as a pass catcher all that often uh, since he, you know, he transferred from Michigan, kid transferred from Michigan to UCLA. He's like a third tackle, but he caught 44 passes and one touchdown last year. And he's a guy that's a good in-line, in-line block and tight end that can catch the football, even though he's not a great athlete. Bradley and I is an interesting player, of course. You've heard me talk about him, first-team All-Pac-12. Outstanding edge rusher. He's not the most natural bender. Not a great athlete, but, boy, his motor's good, his toughness is good, and he does not stay blocked. He's going to be a really good role player. He can rush from a two- or three-point stance, 
and I think he's going to be a very effective nickel player. Some good news from LaVisca Chenault, the injury-prone or injury-laden receiver from Colorado. is not going to require surgery um, after being diagnosed with inflammation of the pubic bone. Um, it's osteos, osteopubis. They, um, he's, you know, he's a big kid. He's just dealt with a lot of injuries and, you know, he needs some good breaks health wise. He needs to get a good clean, um, a good, uh, clean bill of health. He's six, two, he's two twenty. The guy can run needs to be able to show it as well as good medicals coming through the combine. Arizona State's running back, you know, Benjamin, 5'10", 215, wasn't as productive as a junior as he was in 2018. But I tell you, he managed to become the first Sun Devil since 74-75 to surpass 1,000 yards in consecutive season. He's physical. He's tough. He runs with balance. He's a good one-cut-and-go running back that I think is a make-it guy at the NFL level. Utah State, um, defensive lineman T.P. Jalee, not take part in the on-field drills at the scouting combine due to a misdemeanor assault charge. Um, something we're doing at the combine. 6'5", 235, who was charged with assault related to a fight back in 17. Um, he's going to take part in medicals and team interviews. Just no media. Just no workouts. Um, it's something we're doing now with off-the-field guys. But the importance of getting the medical information, these are the guys that you need more information on is to try to figure out what's the deal with them. Utah State quarterback Jordan Love. A couple of things in film review. Committed 26 turnover were they planning uh, were they plays in 2019 now what are that those are not turnovers but they're plays that could have easily been turnovers they put the ball in harm's way got to learn to protect the football better he had um 26 he had the previous uh, this past year it's the most of anybody which is not what you want he's 64 he's 225 um, you know, we know that other guys that have come out, Winston and Darnold, had a lot of turnovers. It's kind of in the same boat. It's going to come down to how much you believe in him and, and his rate of getting better. Uh, we just talked about Eno Benjamin. Really like Utah's running back, Zach Moss, a lot, too. I like his run skills. I like his ability to run under his pads and keeps his legs moving on contact. Like his feet through the hole, really good run instincts. I think he's a quality starter at the NFL level. As long as his body's going to hold up, that concerns me probably more than anything. Um, some other notes, some guys that didn't get combine invites I was a little bit disappointed for that I like. Washington tackle Jared Hilbers, 6'7", 317, two-year starter, had the left ankle. Um, spent most of the 18 season uh, with Trey Adams out. He got some playing time. Uh, he's a natural athlete. 
I would have liked to have seen him at the combine. Um, Tyler Huntley didn't receive a combine invite. Uh, dual threat guy. He's quick footed. He's an athlete, solid, very productive player, a winner. Um, you know, Mason Fine of North Texas, Bryce Perkins of Virginia, Tommy Stevens of Mississippi State, the Jacob Nip kid from Northern Colorado. I would have liked to have seen all of those guys at the combine. Would have liked to have seen the tight end out of North Dakota State, Ben uh, Ellison. Um, versatile H-back type player, good route runner, good hands. Just some guys in the region of the country that weren't invited that just came up and I wanted to mention. Remember those names. They're still going to be a factors in the NFL. Some transfer news. Arizona State redshirt senior tight end Jared Bubik has entered the transfer portal. He played on special teams with Arizona State. Didn't see much action on the offensive side. Um, he's already graduated. He's going to be eligible to play immediately. Uh, Arizona State's redshirt senior kicker Brandon Rees is headed to Mississippi State. Colorado redshirt freshman receiver Brandon Huffman-Dixon is entered the transfer portal. 6'2", 180. Signed with the Buffs as a four-star kid last winter. Um, he dressed for just three games. Did not record a catch. Um, he's likely going to have to sit out in 2020. We, we will denote when a guy is a graduate and he's immediately eligible. The ones that have to have the NCAA decide, I don't know, you know, good luck trying to figure that out. That goes, comes and goes. You never know what the NCAA is going to decide. Former Stanford defensive end Mike Williams, I mentioned this on the Big 12 and beyond, Big 12 football and beyond shell. Mike Williams, good player from Stanford, <clears throat> two-year starter. He's going to SMU. Good get for the Mustangs. He's got one year of eligibility and can play immediately. In <clears throat> um, Utah, redshirt quarterback, junior quarterback, Jason Chelly's entered the transfer portal. Started five games last year after Huntley went down. But um, you got Jake Bentley coming into Utah. Um, they asked Shelley to move to safety permanently, and, and he wanted to check his options. Some coaching news around the league before I get to some recruiting. Hawaii's going to bring in, remember, we get into the region, not just the conference, Pac-12 football and beyond. Hawaii will hire former Kansas running back coach Tony Hall to serve as co-offense coordinator. Um, Tony, know him from Louisiana, went to, went with Les Miles to Kansas, um, it's the first um, really big-time gig for him. So happy for him. Uh, we'll see what Todd Graham is able to do and put together there. Hawaii's also hired William & Mary offensive coordinator Brennan Marion to serve as receivers coach. He's known as an innovative offensive mind, good, young, up-and-coming coach. I assume play call duties at Howard and standout receiver for Hawaii's um, Todd Graham when he was at Tulsa. So, you know, he's got background in the passing game. Tennessee's hired former Colorado defensive line coach Jimmy Brumbaugh to serve in the same capacity. Of course, Tracy Rocker left Tennessee to go to South Carolina. So, uh, he's a good defensive line coach, good recruiter. Coach at Maryland, Kentucky, and Syracuse, and Louisiana Tech. USC uh, is bringing in Virginia defensive line coach Vic Soto to serve in the same capacity. He's been the D-line coach with Virginia for the past three seasons. 
Um, he's been out east for a while. Played collegiate ball at BYU, though. Cousin of uh, the late junior sale. And um, Arizona State has hired Robert Rodriguez to serve as defensive line coach. He replaces Jamar Kane, who left Arizona State to go to Oklahoma as the D-line coach. This is um, another NFL assistant that Herm Edwards is bringing in. He spent the last five years as the Minnesota Viking defensive line coach, has Rodriguez. It was um, spent from 8 to 14 as linebacker coach at UTEP before getting into the NFL. And as I mentioned earlier, big news for USC hiring former Oregon defensive back coach, corners coach Dante Williams. He's going to serve as cornerbacks coach and defensive pass game coordinator, um, one of the best recruiters in the country. Uh, and I think it's going to have an impact. He was the real key guy in getting Justin Flo, the five-star linebacker, to Oregon. And uh, this is what they need. This is what they need uh, is USC. They need guys like this that can start to have the type of impact in the recruiting classes I mentioned earlier. UNLV is going to hire Terrence Samuel as a receiver coach and passing game coordinator. He was with Michigan State, their receiver coach, before switching over to the defensive side of the ball and that infamous switcheroo last year by Mark D'Antonio. UCLA is going to hire former USC linebacker coach Johnny Nansen to serve as D-line coach for the Bruins. Um, he was one of the purges on that defensive side for USC. Miami's hired uh, Rob Likens, former Arizona State offense coordinator Rob Likens, as receiver coach. He was let go by Herm Edwards following this 19 season with some philosophical differences. Um, interesting. You get Rob with some experience. You get um, Rhett Lashley coming in, Derek King coming in as quarterback. We'll see what type of impact it possibly it could have for Miami. Air Force's linebacker coach Rob Vanderlinen is retired. 42-year-old coaching veteran. I've known him. Um, go back with him over 40 years his past six season as an assistant on Air Force, um, he was the head coach at Maryland, 97 to 2000. And USC also uh, hired former Kansas State special teams analyst Sean Snyder as their new special teams coordinator. If you recognize the name, it's Bill Snyder's son. Um, some recruiting news. I mentioned this on a few different shows this week. For those of you who didn't, this is, again, a sign of where the Pac-12 is where or is not and where the Big 12 is not. If you look at the best classes in the country, you can look at it a number of different ways. But of the top 35-star prospects in the class of 2020 that just recently completed last week, 19 of the 30 signed with either Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, LSU, or Ohio State. And... 47 of the top 100 prospects signed with those same schools. Texas and Oklahoma kind of in the mix, but, you know, nowhere to be found. Oregon doing a good job. Everyone else pales in comparison in the Pac-12. Some good news. Um, I really think Arizona State's four-star receiver, Bunkley Shelton, is a player who can make an immediate impact this fall. Six foot one eighty. 
Just got one player that caught more than 10 passes last year, Frank Darby. Um, this guy's really talented, and he's a really advanced route runner. So you never know what he can do, but Jaden Daniels might have someone he can work with early here. 2021, good news. I guess good news, or maybe not so good news, depending on your circumstances. But Oregon's four-star verbal commitment, Seven McGee, <clears throat> 2021 class. He's going to take visits to LSU, Colorado, and Texas. He's a smurf. He's a slot back. He's a slot receiver. He's a wing back, 5'8", 170. He's got the LSU vision scheduled. He's from Corona, California. Super quick, super explosive, do-it-all return guy. Top 100 player in the 2021 class. Uncommitted four-star athlete Ethan Calvert is looking for a summer commitment. And 6'3", 230 athlete, looking at a lot of Pac-12 schools. Oregon, UCLA, USC, Washington, Utah, Cal and Stanford. From Westlake Village, California, really good athlete, likely linebacker, aggressive, rusher, Top 100 player in the 2021 class. He's the younger brother of Bo Calvert. He's currently with UCLA and Josh Calvert, currently with Washington. So we'll wait and see if UCLA, Washington have an edge. California received the verbal from three-star tackle, Bastion Sweeney, 2021 class. Um, Cal gets him over Indiana, Iowa State, Kansas, to name a few, 6'6", 270. One of the best prospects in the state of Minnesota. So uh, ranks third in the composite rankings, uh, the third best in the uh, state of Minnesota, and second player to commit in the 2020 class for Golden State. <clears throat> Taking a look at, as I wrap it up, <clears throat> a complete breakdown of the recruiting classes in the Pac-12. It's got to start with Oregon. Mario Cristobal went after some of the best prospects in the country, landed a good bunch of them. Might have missed on the great quarterback that went to Clemson, but he's getting linebackers Justin Flo and Noah Sewell and defensive back Dante Manning. The secondary defensive tackles, linebackers, and offensive line were recruited very well. Uh, in addition to flow, there was uh, Missouri corner Dante Manning, Utah defensive end Noah Sewell that I mentioned, cornerback Luke Hill out of Maryland, wide receiver athlete Jaden Everett from California, a top 300 commitment out of California, um, really good player. The quarterback, Jake Butterfield, is joined by Robbie Ashford in a very talented two-quarterback class. Chris Hudson, the athlete and the tight end, Seth Figgins are two more big gets out of California. The offensive guard, Jonathan Dennis. The offensive tackle, Jalen Jeffries, have upside on the offensive line. The Juco guard, T.J. Bass, come in, play early, plug-and-play guy. The safety, Bennett Williams, really good. The top 300 defensive tackle, um, Jalen Jones, Jason Jones, to get him. Out of the state of Alabama from Alabama was huge, and it kind of punctuated signing day for them. So it's the one class that jumped up and said you can you can look at them as a potential top 10, top 12 class nationally. 
the Oregon Ducks and Mario Cristobal. Washington, not as strong as 19. Um, They were able to land Jacoby Covington, good group offensive linemen receivers. Um, Outside of Oregon, as good a class as there was. Uh, top 15 level. Keeping five-star outside back Severe Smalls home was big. A lot of people wanted him around the country. The state of California um, get guards Mal Moran, wide receiver Jalen McMillan, quarterback Ethan Garbers, um, tackle Roger uh, Rosengarten, um, playmaker Sam Adams, the son of former A&M and Seattle Seahawks Sam Adams, um, you get Jerry and Hatchet, the guard. Uh, you got um, uh, Memelar, Garrett Memelar, another guard, uh, a good uh, Texas running back. Um, Jay Will on Sunday, three-star tight ends, Mark Redman and Mason West, four-star receiver, Rome Oduze. Got him out of Nevada and the safety, Jacoby Covington, who I mentioned, out of Arizona. Got the cornerbacks, Elijah Jackson and Mikhail Esteen. Good length in their play. I like what Stanford did. Pretty good class, as they usually do under David Shaw. Offensive line is the key. Receivers are solid. Defensive backs, promising. Got enough talent nationally to be right there, I think, with Washington behind Oregon in the Pac-12. Top 25-ish class. Five-star tackle, Miles Hinton. Top 300 playmaker, E.J. Smith, son of Emmett Smith. Winning in California is key for them got top 300 wide receiver john humphreys top 300 wide receiver bryce farrell three-star defender tobin phillips brandon jones four-star tackle connor mclaughlin uh, from florida top 300 cornerback aiden hector four-star guard levi rogers out of washington or big three-star corner omari porter's good length and upside he's the uh, son of um larry porter uh, Auburn assistant, pair of undersized tight ends, Lucas Unger, Ben Urasek. Herm Edwards and the staff at Arizona State doing a good job. Put together deep, good class, good receivers, some good defensive backs. Got enough linebackers to work with to improve the depth chart a little bit. State of California has been the key. They were able to flip top 300 wide receiver Johnny Wilson from Oregon. That was big. Then it was followed by commitments with top 300 Folsom High teammates, Daniel Nada and Elijah Badger. Um, you got really good receivers in L.V. Bunkley, Shelton, and Chad Johnson, and defensive end Jordan Banks, and defensive tackle Amari Norman Lott. Uh, you get quarterback Dalen McLemore. Um, top 300, uh, DeMonte Treyman, running back. Cornerback's a good position to need. D'Angelo Taylor, Edward Woods, Mason Williams, and T. Lee all have good quickness and playmaking ability. And defensive end Joe Moore was a big get out of the St. Louis area. And Caleb McCarl was a really good linebacker that they were able to get. Utah, that defensive ends, defensive backs, three linebackers, uh, Ty Jordan, uh, really good group. Got um, some Texas Verbals and defensive end Van Fillinger. 
playmaking running back Ty Jordan out of the Dallas area. They were able to flip a really good corner, Clark Phillips from California. Four-star defensive end Xavier Colton. John Fillinger has huge wins. Four-star offensive tackle Salate Mutala. Um, Three-star receiver Ontarian Parks. Um, You got some local kids in state, Nate Ritchie. Inside backer Sione Fotu. Alex Harrison, the tackle. Three-star defensive end Tyler Wiegas. He's got some growth room in his frame and his play. Defensive end Keanu Tunavasi, I think is more a defensive tackle, but can rush from the inside. Solid group by the Utes. Colorado, Mel Tucker, did a good job, and he's off to Michigan State, but I thought getting running back Azamad Clayton and upgrading the overall talent is pretty good. It's what he does. He's a good recruiter. Brendan Lewis. Um, again, Ishai Clayton from the running back from Louisiana. Four-star tackle, Jake Ray out of Georgia. It's big. Uh, Caleb Fourier, Christian Fourier's um, uh, three-star tight end there. Um, wide receiver, Brendan Rice out of Arizona. Three-star Texas wide receiver, Chris Carpenter. And Keith Miller with good gets for him. On defense, Juco defensive end, Justin Jackson and Guy Thomas. Uh, it was a flip from Purdue. Three-star defensive tackle Jordan Berry was a once a LSU verbal. Good get for them. And Torin Pittman, the outside backer out of Texas, is a name to remember, as is outside backer Mr. Williams. Great name, by the way. Um, <clears throat> UCLA, um, uh, you know, there's the, they did a pretty good job in their back seven, but there's – uh, not a whole lot for the offense outside of Parker McQuarrie, the receiver, and receiver Logan Lawyer. Um, you know, McQuarrie is a kid out of New Hampshire. Um, Jonathan Vaughns is a really good safety. The receiver Logan Foy is really good. Uh, John Humphreys, a four-star athlete. Really good. Three-star Matt Sykes out of Hawaii's good playmaker. Outside backer Damian Sellers at a really good get uh, over a number of Pac-12 foals. And they were able to get the inside linebacker Chloe Bryant-Strother out of Georgia. Luke Akers, a pretty good kicker from Tennessee. Three-star linebacker Kenny Mestador from Canada. Three-star corner Donna Warnell. Uh, well, had... Um, uh, to UCLA from Houston. And then uh, Juco edge rusher Mitchell Agude could play his way uh, in an impactful way next season. Cal didn't get a lot of flashy guys, but they got some versatile guys. Balked up a couple of spots. Secondary's loaded. Three defensive tackles. <clears throat> um, top 45-50 class. Three-star tight end DeAndre Rodgers, one-time Arkansas verbal receiver Mason Mangum, playmakers, cornerback Jaden Casey, three-star running back Chris Street, three-star wide receiver Tommy Christos, um, outside backer Andy Alaferi, three-star defensive tackle Jaden Roberts and Ricky Corrie, three-star safety Trey Pastor and a quartet of three-star cornerbacks, um, from the Berkeley area were really good gets. And Endor Aguiar, good young defensive end. 
that's got some promise. Oregon State, um, they're never going to get elite, guys, but it's a good numbers group. <clears throat> Secondary linebackers, offensive line pretty good. Landing Chase Nolan at quarterback helps. Uh, trio of talent impact. They always heavy on junior colleges. Did a good job. They've got a junior cornerback in Rajon Wright and defensive end uh, Tata Shippen. Alex Lemon will arrive as a guy that can play early. A fourth junior college defender is a cornerback, Alton Julian. Three-star athletes, Isaiah Newell was a good kid out of California, as was three-star Ben Gulbertson. Um the second quarterback they got was uh, Chance Nolan, the quarterback, three-star linebacker Jason Walling and John Miller were good gets. Three-star tight ends Jake Overman, Tommy Spencer filled a major need. Uh, USC, only 13 guys. Um, outside of Gary Bryant, the receiver, they just got a bunch of guys that is a very uneventful class. Um Joshua Jackson Jr. is a good receiver. Jack Yeri, the tight end, uh, was big, <clears throat> but not a whole lot. You got four-star Jonathan uh, Monheim, uh, Texas three-star Casey Collier, and Cortland Ford, and tackles Caden Stevens, and Andres DeWork, and Andrew Millick. Defensive line help will come from defensive tackle Jamar Sakona. Three-star de- uh, defensive tackle Kobe Pepe and three-star defensive end Tuli Tupolito. And he kind of rounded up Washington State. It's uh, probably better than the 2019 class. Um, Nick Rolovich kind of scrambled, put together what was really a very poor job done by Mike Leach and his staff. But they got a couple of good defensive backs late in Alphonse Oyak and Chez Smith. Um, receivers got Jay Wilkinson, a three-star kid, and Cedric Pelham, both who I like, both out of Texas. Joey Hobart out of California. And a speedy Mike Petway out of Alabama. The quarterbacks, Jaden DeLora out of Hawaii. Offensive lineman, good feet and frame to develop. James McNorton and Roderick Tiawila. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Nick can improve the recruiting prowess there. In Arizona State, a little bit disappointed in this class. Maybe the most in- unimpressive class in the conference, and it shouldn't be that way. Leaning heavily on the state of Texas. Got Frank Brown, a three-star running back out of Houston. Three-star outside backer Derek Morning, uh, Morning out of the K, uh, KD area. Three-star cornerback Edric Whitley was a really good get on signing day out of the Austin area. They got uh, out of Florida, three-star safety Majin Wright, three-star guard Woody Jean, and uh, was able to get a good kid out of Arizona in quarterback Will Plummer, and three-star defensive end Reagan Terry was a good get for them. And then Deion Wilson out of Chantrell Key, um, and uh, Deion Wilson got, got frames to really develop. So that's a look at the Pac-12, and that's a look, folks, at all the schools in the big five leagues. Um, We may hit on some of the classes in the group of five that were the top, but that gives you an idea now of a a little bit about each of the classes. We're going to have a complete, more detailed breakdown. We've got even more details up on LandryFootball.com. Hit the recruiting button. That'll get you there. But we're also in March. We're going to have a little bit more detailed look
at overview of recruiting and the top classes and top players. So look for that, and certainly look for the summer, the breakdown of players in the 2021 and 22. Um, you're going to be wanting to look forward to that and really get to know these players and get film room scouting reports on them. Reminder to check out LandryFootball.com for all the latest information in our notebooks, coaching search news, recruiting visit and evaluation news, um, draft room nuggets and uh, draft boards and scouting reports coming up, free agent reports on the NFL side, free agent boards, who graded out the best in the league this past year by position. Got it all for you over at LandryFootball.com. So you make sure you want to make sure that you stay on top of that for sure. So appreciate you joining us. And please make the phone ring with a call or a text to our good friends at 401k Generations. License in all 50 states. Give them a call or text at 1-866-998-5879. Sign up for this podcast. It's Landry Football's conference call wherever you sign up for your podcast. And take advantage of the 50% discount on the scouting season sale over at LandryFootball.com today. Appreciate you joining us. Have a great weekend. Join us Monday for SEC Football and Beyond as we break down all the world of college football, A to Z, around the country, and then we'll get into the latest in SEC land and more breakdowns there. Appreciate you joining us. Have a great weekend. Talk to you Monday, everybody. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.